You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Overflow with MC Brooks on GGR Pirate Radio. Swing a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of game five. The Nationals seven, the Dodgers three. Do you believe it? Pull the lever, Frank. Run lever. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my element, like going Welcome, welcome, welcome back to a brand new episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks here on the GCR Podcast Network. I'm your host, MC Brooks, and I got a really dope episode lined up for you today. Going to be talking about my time at HBCU Con this past weekend. But before I get into that, I want to first remind you all to make sure you go to our website, greatgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as episodes of our other podcasts like at the diner and the gamer den and you can also find a ton of our other dope content we have articles and photos and just all types of amazing content on there in addition to that make sure you go follow us in all of our social media accounts we are great geek refuge on uh, twitter on instagram uh, on facebook we have a very active facebook community and if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks every month, we're also on Patreon, and that will entitle you to early access to episodes, as well as a ton of other really dope perks, depending on uh, you know what you want to give us every month. Uh, and we actually just revised the tier system for the Patreon too, so now there are you know different levels, and just know that the the more that you offer, you know the the more stuff you get access to. So follow us on Patreon at Great Geek Refuge. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about HBCUCon. So, in case you are unfamiliar, HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And HBCUs are a very important institution because they they, uh, serve as the schooling for so many people, largely African-Americans, but not everyone who attends an HBCU is is black. I'm the product of an HBCU. I graduated from Delaware State University a decade ago, <sighs> dating myself with that one, but graduated from Delaware State University a decade ago, and I attribute a lot of me becoming the person I was to my attending of an HBCU. I learned to really learn a lot about myself I learned a lot about learning to appreciate my blackness as well from attending an HBCU. And I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. And I'm not here to make this a PWI versus HBCU debate. That's not at all what we're here for. But I do want to highlight that, you know, when you go to an HBCU, it is an experience in and of itself. It's a very unique experience and it's not something you can necessarily recreate anywhere, right? Uh, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, if you know, and you, then, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I say all that to kind of preface talking about HBCU con, because that is the feeling that I had while attending the, the convention this weekend. Uh, you know, it's, it, it is as someone who has been attending conventions since 2005, you can always tell when you're going into a largely black convention space. And I think that's one of the things that made it so endearing 
even if you are attending for the first time, uh, it feels like a family reunion where, you know, you're going to see them cousins you haven't seen since, you know, the last since since uh, Thanksgiving or going to see, uh, you know, your family who who's normally not in town. They're now in town. And even if you don't know anybody, it just feels like a very family, a very welcome atmosphere. So uh, if I remember correctly, I believe this year is the first year of HBCU Con. Uh, it, it was put together by the president, China Lawson, who also goes by CC the Geek. And I got to say, round of applause for CC and for uh, Wendell and for all of the other people involved in putting together this incredible convention. Um, I remember that it was supposed to take place in 2020, unfortunately did not happen because of the pandemic, uh, but it doesn't matter, you know, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, and it may have taken, you know, an additional two years for it to get off the ground, but it is awesome that, that, um, that it, uh, that it took place this year at, on the campus of Bowie State University. Now, I've never been to Bowie State before. I have gone to an HBCU, so, like, I, I'm familiar with, like, <laughs> with, with, with campuses in some regard. But I've never been to Bowie State before, so this was kind of like a, a first-time ordeal for me. And I will say, very beautiful, beautiful campus. Uh, pretty e easy to navigate. I, I kind of got lost <laughs> trying to get to where the convention was. But... Ended up working out. I was right at the Fine Arts Center on uh, the BSU campus. And even on my way to the BSU campus, I walked by uh, kind of the outside area where there were food trucks. And also there was a stage and an open grass area where some of the performances were going to take place. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the performances a little bit later on. But I want to focus in on the convention. So I got there right at the beginning of Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, because of scheduling, I was only able to attend on Saturday. But I don't think that diminished my experience there whatsoever. Uh, it it as soon as uh, <laughs> right upon entering, I could just feel it. You know, I I saw black cosplayers cosplaying all different types of characters, and I'm not even just talking about the the guests who were there officially. I mean just regular con attendees who you know obviously had heard about the convention and were there uh to celebrate and celebrate their blurdom their black geekdom and to be amongst uh like people so after picking up my badge i immediately ran into some friends of mine shout out to both malachi and dana and then from there we we walked through the in the hall area we walked through some of the I don't want to call them display some of the like the vendor tables um, where we saw several of the cosplayers uh, who were who were there officially. And then we had people who were also selling uh, some of their books and some other uh, some other merch on the back wall. There was this uh, the screen that had which is where the virtual portion of the convention was taking place. So for those who uh, are unaware because you did not attend or did not uh, know anything about the convention. Uh, HBCU Con did have both in-person uh, panels as well as uh, virtual panels as well. And uh, the virtual panel uh, actually featured uh, uh, Dennis Cowan, I think is how you say his name, uh, who was one of the founders of Milestone and did a really dope panel about the art of storytelling. Also had a, a, a dope list of other panelists that were on uh, with them as well. And 
so that was on the back wall there. There were a ton of other panels that they also had virtually. I did not, uh, <laughs> I did not get a chance to really take in any of the virtual panels, um, but I heard that they went well from the people I know who did, uh, who did listen in on them. So that makes me that makes me absolutely happy to hear. And speaking of the panels, there were a ton of really dope panels that took place over the course of this Saturday. I mean, they had great panels over the course of the entire weekend, to be honest. But I'm going to talk about Saturday because that's the day that I was able that I was able to attend. But even just looking at it, on Friday, they had a Frederator panel and they also had a Black Fade Day panel. Uh, in case you aren't aware, Black Fade Day is happening in about 11 days from now where black folks are going to uh, dress up in cosplay as all types of uh, fae and like magical type characters. It's just a celebration of, of the fact that we exist and we like all this stuff too. And last year it was done and it was it was a total, total success. And now it's taking place again this year on May 14th. There's an event in the DC area that I'll be attending. If you uh, would like details for that, you can Google or just hit me up and I will let you know about that. But that took place on, on Friday. And so on Saturday, there were, again, a ton of really dope panels that took place. Uh, just looking over the schedule here, there was my cosplay as black and my afro as blue, navigating life as a disabled adult, cross slay, how to cosplay, regardless of gender. Uh, let's argue your faves of Basuda, <laughs> which I'm sure is always a fun conversation to have. And there were a ton, a ton of others too, uh, a couple other cosplay ones. Uh, there was a really great panel on black photographers and their impact on cosplay and pop culture. As someone who kind of freelances uh, photography, I found that panel to be really dope and really engaging as well. Uh, the color theory cosplay uh, panel was also pretty great. I went to the Hip Hop Sensei, uh, infusing anime and hip hop culture for black students in the pandemic and beyond, which was also great as someone who was a student at an HBCU, someone who is a student of hip hop and someone who has been a weeb for well over 20 years. That was probably my favorite panel of the entire time, uh, largely because the, the man running the panel, he was very engaging with the crowd. He had a lot of really good information. He showed off some of his AMVs uh, that he made featuring really dope moments from various anime series. And then also just speaking in general about how you can use anime and hip hop in the class in a classroom setting. And I want to kind of digress a little bit because that really hit home for me as someone who uh, worked in education uh, many, many years ago and someone who worked with uh, who, who uh, used the hip hop education literacy program which was developed by DC rapper Asheru, Asheru, I, I always forget how to say his name, but it, you probably know that name because he also did the theme song for Boondocks and is a very dope rapper even outside of that, so make sure you go check out all of his material. Um, but I, I just thought that, that it, it was a really dope panel because of that, and, and I've always held that belief that you know, children who they like, they, there are no children who don't like to read or don't like to be engaged in these things. You just need to find ways to make it uh, entertaining or relatable to them. And with anime being as big as it is now, and with people coming from 
all different types of backgrounds and being inspired by all the different types of shows, whether it's Shonen, whether it's Shoujo, whether it's Jose or Seinen or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, people are, are, are finding inspirations and motivations from this incredible platform with the types of storytelling that they do. And I've always harped on the fact that, you know, I, I believe that anime storytelling is way more nuanced and in some ways a lot better than how we do, you know, uh, storytelling in the U.S. So to hear this man do this panel uh, uh, speaking about, uh, you know, ways that you can use anime uh, and, and Japanese culture or hip hop and whatnot and, and, and use it in the classroom in the way that you can uh, related to students. I think that that's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I'm a little bit jealous that I wish I could have experienced stuff like that when I was a student. Maybe I would have done better in school. That's a whole other su subject. But I thought that that panel was, was also also really dope. Uh, excuse me. And, you know, lastly, I have to shout out Blur Doir, which was a Bordeaux for uh, Blurds. Uh, it was a really awesome, awesome panel. Uh, Unfortunately, it seemed like there were some technical issues as far as getting, you know, getting people in it. But I, me and my friends were still able to uh, go inside. And as someone who is largely unf was unfamiliar with uh, uh, with what Bodoir was, uh, it was really cool to kind of one learn about what exactly it is and how it differentiates from other types of uh, photography and artworks. And just learning what exactly makes it is uh, what exactly makes it what it is, and that was it was very informative for me. And the the woman the the woman who who did the panel was also very engaging. She did uh, uh she was she was very engaging, very informative, very funny. Uh, she was very hood, and I, I don't mean that in the negative sense. I I fucking love it. I grew up in the hood. I know it does. I don't sound like it, but I, I did. And I, I love, I, I just, I loved her energy. I loved how she did the panel. And, you know, as someone who, you know, has done a ton of live shows over the years and has been on stages in front of hundreds and uh, hundreds of people, it's very intimidating. And you can tell that she was not, she was not in her comfort, comfort zone, but she did an awesome job, excuse me, awesome job. So I do want to sh also shout out, uh, I am simply nay. Uh, she's the one who did the panel. It was it was it was amazing. I really hope she gets an opportunity to keep doing that presentation because I do think it's very important. It is very important uh, for people to learn about it and for us to see black people doing it. You know, because of you know racism, like with most other things, a lot of times we we don't necessarily get to see ourselves in certain types of arenas or in certain types of art forms. So I want I wanted to shout her out because her panel was 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 fire. And I, I think just the panel selection for the entire weekend was just was absolutely fantastic. And you know HBCU Con is a small it was a small operation. It was not large. Uh, but I don't think that that was necessarily a bad thing cuz just me personally I tend to prefer prefer more intimate settings. Uh, for events that I'm attending and that's not even just for conventions that applies to like concerts as well but I found the intimate setting for so many of the presentations and panels that took place over the course of the weekend to be a good thing because I really felt like I got to be one-on-one -on -one with the people who were speaking and who were sharing and so many of them were interactive as well that it, it, it reminded me a lot of my own HBCU experience 
in in engaging with my teachers and, and my professors from back in the day. You know, it wasn't just I have this information and I'm going to just tell it to you and you need to take it in. It was making us a part of the process of learning. And because that was the case for so many of the the panels and whatnot that, that took place over the course of the weekend, I thought that that was, that was dope. And I can't wait to see how the convention continues to grow. I'm assuming that there's going to be an HBCU Con 2023. And if there is, the, the one sentiment that, that I heard from so many people uh, both people I knew and people I didn't know was that they can't wait to come back next year. And for my friends who didn't attend, people were saying, I'm jealous I didn't get to come in the first place. So I can't wait to come next year for the first time. And so I think all of that is is um, is is super dope. Now, uh, I talked a little bit about the panels. Uh, the Artist Alley was also was also really dope. It's it, because it's a smaller operation. It was kind of hard to uh, find at first, but that's just on me. Once I got in there, there were a ton of just great, awesome, awesome, awesome vendors in there. And I got to have some great conversations with some of the vendors that were in there. So the one thing I like to do, um, and my bank account can vouch for this, is I like to spend money. So whenever I go somewhere at a convention, and especially if I can support black vendors and I want to support black vendors, and you know, there were just so many great, 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 great people that were in there just sharing and selling their works. And the fact that they had, you know, the, the dollar box for, for comic books, uh, or you had people who were, who were selling, um, uh, prints. Uh, I can't remember the, I can't remember the man's name, but there was a man selling prints in there who I had a really, really engaging conversation with about nerd stuff and in blackness as, as well. And uh, some of the art in there was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it, it, it was a good time. The Artist Alley was, was super, super dope. And, you know, next year I'm hoping that they get to, you know, get, uh, I'm hoping they get even more people in there and they get an opportunity to expand. Um, I didn't get to spend money in there like I wanted to this year. But ultimately, it was a good time. Everything that was in there was, was also really dope. I ventured a little bit upstairs and down. I believe it was both up and downstairs, but up, uh, there was a gamer, a gaming lounge it was not also, again, not very big, but that's not, that's not, again, not a negative. Cause I, I don't want you all listening to take me speaking about it, not being big as, as if it's a negative. It's definitely not. I, like I said, I, I believe more intimate settings for things like that are dope and necessary. And they add for me anyway, they add to the overall experience of going there. And they had a couple different uh, games that they that they had on display, a couple different tournaments that that took place. I did not participate largely because, you know, people who play games at cons tend to be like, you know, <laughs> uh, very serious about it. And I, I'm, I'm just a casual player of some of the games that they had there because they did have Smash Bros. Um, I believe they may have had Street Fighter as well. I, I'm kind of blanking on the stuff they had in there, but. It was a really cool operation, and uh, I look forward to seeing how that grows uh, next year as well. They had a ton of really great performers on the outside. I was able to catch the, the live performance of the Mako Girls, who are a girl group based out of Atlanta. They do a little bit of R&B, a little bit of pop, a little bit of rap, um, and they kind of fuse it with that kind of girl, that girl group style that you know you are used to from... You know, groups kind of like Destiny's Child or TLC and, and whatnot. There, I caught, I got to catch some of their, um, 
some of their performance outside. Uh, and they were fantastic. They were super, super, super dope. And they, they had great energy. The music itself was great. The choreography was great. You can tell that they put a lot of hard work that went into their, into their craft. And um, it, it made me want to go catch their panel. Now, unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to catch the sit down with them. But their performance uh, was great. Uh, I also got to catch a little bit of the live performance from uh, from Bowie State's band. I got I got some photos of them. So you know, make sure you go to the Great Geek Refuge website and you know look up the listing for this podcast because I'm going to post the photos from this event there, and you'll be able to see all the photos. I unfortunately didn't take photos of everything that I wanted to get photos of, but I did get a ton of really really good photos of just different things at the event itself and. Yeah, it was it was absolutely it was, it was it was super dope. And Bowie State's band slaps. Um, I really I really enjoyed them kind of serenading us on the outside while the DJs weren't playing any music and kind of like giving you that feel because you know as I mentioned before, like I've been to an HBCU, so like I'm familiar with the experience of it. And as someone who's been going to conventions, like you don't get stuff like this at other conventions, right? You don't, you don't, you don't, even at some other black conventions, you don't always get stuff like this. And that's why I think that HBCU Con is a unique experience in itself, simply because you get that. And it, it really just made me feel at home. And, you know, I just, I just want to give, I just want to tip my cap to, uh, to Chana, to, to Wendell, to everyone involved in, in putting this together, to Bowie State. Uh, for for having it because I just think it, it they everyone did an excellent excellent job with putting this together for the first year and I really really want to see how this entire operation grows next year I'm hoping I, I do hope that you know maybe maybe you know if it's going to be a BSU every year that's cool but it, I think it'd be dope if they were able to kind of get big enough or maybe they could uh, you know, go from convention to, uh, excuse me, from HBCU to HBCU. You know, I would love to see it take place in, 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 uh, at Delaware state or at FAMU or at Howard, you know, there are a ton of, a ton of really awesome HBCUs, um, all over the, all across the country. And I think it'd be really dope to, to be able to have that experience or if not, ha if not, um, do it at the schools themselves, have, uh, stuff from the schools be able to come and be represented. You know, I wore my Delaware State hoodie proudly to this convention, not to show up BSU or anything like that, but because I'm proud of where I went to school and I'm proud of the experience that, that I had there. And I'm, I'm proud that this convention gave me that same feeling that I had while, while I was at Delaware State. And so this convention gets a, like a huge thumbs up from me. I, again, I want to reiterate, I, everyone did a fantastic job, and I cannot wait to see what more they do with it next year, how they continue to grow, any additional panels, any additional performances, um, you know, any just anything else that they, they end up doing to just grow it and make it just a much better experience. Uh, you could even, you know, let MC Brooks come perform. I do it for free. Just putting that out there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good time and, you know, make sure, you know, I, I, GGR will be sub, a supporter of HBCU con for every year that they're in existence. So come next year, we will be there. We'll be covering it and, you know, fingers crossed, we'll be able to, you know, help, hopefully help make this, 
um, help push this this convention out there so that more people can learn about it and and make plans to attend when they're when they're able to. So this convention is a ten out of ten. I very much enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to coming back next year. So with that being said, I believe I've said that I've all that I've had to say. Oh, make sure you go to the GGR website again to uh, check out all of the photos that I took at the event. Uh, make sure you go ahead and share this with everyone. Um, before I get out of here, make sure you go to the website, greatgeekrefuge.com, where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast, as well as episodes of our other podcast. You can also uh, see a ton of our other content. You can see photos from events that I've been to. You can also check out some of our blogs and our reviews of, you know, stuff that we're watching and other things that are going on. Also, make sure you go follow us on all of our social media. We are Great Geek Refuge on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We have an active Facebook community. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks, we're on Patreon as well. Make sure you go check out that, that uh, revised tier system. It is super dope, and you get access to a ton of dope things. Come, 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 come hang out with us. I promise you it's a good time. So that being said, I'm getting out of here. I will catch you all next week. Peace. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy.